everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, August 24th, 2020. I am Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm uh, I'm having a pretty good day, actually. I'll, I'll tell you why in just a second. But first, we got to welcome in our guest. He's here to talk with us today about the Robbie Fabry two-year extension, as well as uh, some news that's been coming out of the Czech League uh, with Phillips Adina. He had a big day today. So we'll get to all that. But first, let us welcome in Harrison Watt. He is a cap aficionado and the play-by-play man for the Ferris State Bulldogs. Uh, Harrison, welcome back to the show. You're a recurring guest now. I know. I'm, I, I can't even believe it. This is such a big honor for me. I'm so glad to be back. So l- let me tell you guys why I am in such a fantastic mood today. If you remember last week's episode of uh, <clears throat> when we talked about hockey cards, I, I, you know, I kind of mentioned I've been, I've been getting into it lately. I've been learning the market. And uh, today I bought my first hobby box. Come home and uh, I open her up. 24 packs of cards, eight cards per pack, six young gun rookies guaranteed. Those are the money makers. And uh, when I open it up, I find a Quinn Hughes young guns rookie card. That's already valued at uh, anywhere between like 65 and up. So I, I pretty much made my money back with that one card and I'm just absolutely through the roof. I'm full blown into collecting mode now. And uh, yeah, things are, things are looking up. That's a big deal. Like so, that's not that's gonna yeah. be worth way more than that in a few years. So I'm thinking, like, are you going to hold on to all of this? Is that is this your goal? Is to just pour money into it now and then reap the benefits when you're like fifty? Oh no no no. I, no! no! You no. don't seem like the type of person that's gonna. You don't have that mental fortitude to hold on. To <laughs> no, you're I absolutely don't think correct. That ability. You are uh, you're 100 correct. So. <clears throat> My thought was that I'll probably – so I'll, the, the two big ones that I got in the pack were the, the Quinn Hughes, and then I also got a Nick Suzuki uh, Young Guns Special Edition Canvas Edition. That one's valued like right around the same, uh, the same price as the Quinn Hughes one. So I'll probably sell those two and then buy another box or two. I've been, I've been looking more into like what are the best hobby boxes I, uh, I can buy. Cause I was really, I, I really was like, that's, that's where you find all the good cards. You got to like buy the hobby boxes where it's like the complete set of like, you get 200 cards and there is like a lot of value in that. I just got to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of the cards. But my thought is that, you know, if you just, if you keep hitting, you'll be able to kind of reinvest that money in other cards. And, uh, yeah. I guess my question how Nick Suzuki was 65 about, you said, somewhere in there? Yeah. I would almost reinvest that one, get another box, and hang on to Quinn Hughes maybe for a little bit. So I feel like if he has a monster career, you might be able to get a couple hundred for that. I know. I was thinking that too, but I, I was also – because it's, like, it's not like some super rare card. Like it is, it is in a sense, but like also to the same extent uh, – like my thought, my thought is that like, 
I would rather probably just sell it after the Canucks get knocked out. I don't know if I should sell it like while it's still hot in the playoffs or if I should wait to see if he wins the Calder or kind of how that's going to play out. But I don't think I'm going to hold on to it for very long because I just don't see it like going up that much in value just because of the fact that it's not an autograph card. It's not a game use Jersey card. It's just like a base set rookie card. That's worth a lot. Okay. That makes more sense. I guess I don't know the market as well. Yeah, neither do I. Maybe you should just send it to his house. Maybe he'll sign it and send it back to you. Maybe. <laughs> that... <laughs> I mean, you know what? Just... We have um, one of the guys on our team is really good friends with the Hughes brothers. Well, there you go. All right. Well, no, we'll you've got options here. We you do have to have think a... long and hard about this, man. This is your future right now, okay? You have to think about this. I know, but like I said, that Nick Suzuki one alone already pays back the box. I'm just itching to get, I'm just itching to get more more cards now like it's all i've thought about today i've been like looking into like the best ones to buy uh i should also mention i bought them uh from a a card shop in rochester who was nice enough to uh partner with us for a giveaway a uh a limited edition dylan larkin bobblehead i think there was only like 180 something of them made it's his rookie year bobblehead super rare we're going to be giving that out on twitter uh, probably, but maybe by the time this episode is up, I'll have the, the giveaway tweet posted, but yeah, so go, go to Rochester sports cards and memorabilia, check out their amazing selection of everything, uh, you know, from Red Wings to Tigers to Lions, Pistons, and just general collection stuff. It's a great store, but like I said, they were nice enough to uh, partner with us. Go on our Twitter page at L O underscore Red Wings, retweet that tweet, get yourself signed up. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm all into it, boys. Nolan, you are truly one in a million. I would just want you to know that. Why? Just the whole making deals with card stores, and now you're out of nowhere. You're now collecting cards. It, we went from hey, let's just go to Walmart and buy a box and have fun, to this is now going to be some sort of income for me. And I just love it. I love it. I'm, I'm fully embracing <laughs> it. Well, so over the weekend, I bought like a like two five dollar packs of. Uh, I think I can't remember what the brand was. I'm pretty sure they're they're upper deck. But I bought like two packs of football cars, and they were like the fat packs. So you get like thirty or forty in them, and uh, they're like five four ninety nine each. And I found a couple like good parallels in there that are like worth five to seven dollars. So I'm just gonna sell those. I'm gonna start selling them as lots. I'm gonna just I'm just trying to figure out this crazy game. So if you got any advice on how to become a card collecting investor as a sort of active income, you should hit me up on the internet. I stopped at Pokemon cards back in like 1998, so I, I don't think I can help you. <laughs> well, if you know anybody, it sounds like you're a pretty well connected guy, Harrison. You know, just... I'll see. I'll see what I can do. Perfect. But we do have to get up uh, into some Robbie Fabry news. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually, we'll just brush it off or blame ourselves by saying things like "I lost my mojo." Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or uh, sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real health care professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. 
The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. All you got to do is go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order for ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. It's very simple, very straightforward. You're going to love it. It'll solve all of your problems. One more time, everybody. GetRoman.com slash Locked on NHL. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. Now listen, you've been working from home. You probably might have some kids at home. Your boss is stressing you out. Life has been a little bit crazy lately, and DoorDash wants to help you out with that. DoorDash is an app that brings food that you're craving now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you DoorDash when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget one more time, let me hear you say it. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Fenderoff gives him the business. So we got some news on the Red Wings front today. A little more exciting than the news we've gotten in uh, past weeks. Obviously not a lot of stuff coming from the Red Wings these days. You know, the kind of focus has kind of been more on the rest of the NHL, the NHL playoffs. But Robbie Fabry signed a two-year extension with the Red Wings today. It's going to be two years at 2.95 average annual value. Uh, I think it's a, I, I think it's an okay deal for both sides. The, the AAV is probably a little higher than expected. Uh, but the good news is that Wings won't be handcuffed long-term. And uh, for Fabry, He'll have the chance to sign his next contract while he's 26, meaning that if he's able to take a step forward and prove that he's the player that he was when the St. Louis Blues drafted him, then he'll be able to uh, sign his next ticket at somewhat of a prime age. Uh, can you explain to me why under $3 million is a bit more than usual? I mean, we have a ton of cap space, and it's only a two-year deal. I here, Here's the thing. I, was, um, I texted Nolan – initially when I read this, I was like, that's a little higher than I wanted. And then I sat down and I kind of thought about it. And you're right. The Wings, I think, get the second most cap relief of any team in the league this year. And it's only two years. Like, you can get out from under this deal. Like, if, if this is, like, just a flop, you can get out from under this deal. I mean, you just you sit and wait for it to be over. You're not going to buy them out. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I, I initially was a little sour on. I felt like that AAV was a little high, but Again, this, Steve Eisman has proven that he's not going to go out and overspend in free agency. He's going to develop and pay his own guys. So I think you're seeing the beginning of this, and two years is fair. I mean, again, if it doesn't work, he's gone, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's not like 
paying certain people $5.6 million over five years when they're 32 years old. He's got really good chemistry with um, Tyler Bertuzzi. Those two have known each other forever. Um, I, and I think part of signing young guys like this is finding the right mix. And the right mix doesn't always, like, you think back to the Miracle on Ice team, the right mix doesn't always mean the very best players. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can get that right mix, I think to me that's more valuable than, you know, necessarily going into free agency and again overpaying, which is like the thing that to me is just like the antithesis of my being. I, I can't stand people that overpay free agents for too long. And again, he's young. You can get out from out of the contract. Maybe he doesn't make people around him better, whatever they want to say. I mean, it's two years of trial and, I don't think anybody's expecting the Red Wings in the next two years to be competitive. So it's not like it's going to cost them when, when they need to be. And I think the knee injury is a concern as well. He's missed a lot of games over the past couple of years, you know, due to health. Uh, I think that's probably another reason why, why people are maybe criticizing the size of the deal. But like I said, at the end of the day, it's really, it's not a big deal. It's just a little more than, than I think people were expecting. But like you alluded to earlier, Harrison, if this is a swing and a miss, it's not a swing and a miss that hurts you really in any tangible way. No, it's like, it's like I said, I, I feel like Steve Eiserman is like Oprah with these two-year deals. It's like, you get a two-year deal. <laughs> you get a two-year deal. It's great because you can get out from under these so easy. It's, it's not hard. Like, yeah, Val Philpola is ancient, but, you know, that contract's off the books next year. It's not like we're paying him for – four years speaking i just of, really like the two-year philosophy speaking of the uh of the the massive deals uh in free agency i saw a tweet from john butchergross last night the tweet said steve eiserman uh throwing money at tory krug in free agency and it was just a gif of like that little girl just throwing piles of money and uh, I really just don't understand where this mindset is coming from. Cause I just see this like from national media, from local media. I just don't understand why anybody would think that that's a logical move a for the Red Wings or why it's a, it's a move that they would anticipate Steve Eisenman to make in the first place. I just think people think he wants to come home. And again, you're right. Like you're spot on. I don't see the logic in it really. I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like I, I just, Steve Eisenberg's too smart. Like he's, he is hockey Jesus in Detroit. He's not going to do stupid stuff. That's going to handcuff us. He's going to wait. And you can pay Tory Krug now, but is Tory Krug the difference between us being where we are and us being, you know, competitive for home ice in the playoffs? No, no, you don't spend that. You don't spend that money unless you're like right there at the cusp of being a competitor and we're not, you, you just don't spend now. That's when this is when you draft and develop. And I, just, I don't see it. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, was he not scoring? He's about a 50 point. If he's playing all 82 games this year, he's going to be hovering right around 50 points. I just think $3 million. And quite frankly, I'm just happy that he's back in the NHL. I'm happy that those injuries weren't, career ending like I'm just I'm more happy for the guy than worried about how much he's going to get paid on this team that's going to stink for the next three years I'm just happy he's still going to be around here I thought he was a great addition to this team really well yeah the one for one for Jacob De La Rose and he played just over nine minutes uh in five playoff games for the St. Louis Blues zero points zero goals zero assists so at the end of the day 
like uh, like we've uh, like we've said, there's really no downside to this contract, in my opinion, despite what the average annual value is, because Detroit is nowhere near close to hitting that salary cap ceiling. But we should move on to talk about uh, Philip Zadina, boys. He had a big day over in the Czech Republic. We'll talk to you about that in just a second. You guys knew that we have to talk to you guys today about Built Bar because they are back and better than ever, more delicious-er, with their six new amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And that is on top of the 12 original flavors that were already delicious to begin with. All 18 are soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate and 1,000% health conscious. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. If you're on a keto diet or just anything that, you know, or just any sort of kick that where you want to stay away from carbs and sugar, I cannot recommend the Built Bar enough. Let's look at the flavor profile for the coconut almond real quick, shall we? They got 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and only five grams and net carbs. Where are you going to find a protein bar that brings you that nutritional value with those kinds of macros and such little amount of sugar, carbs, and the other bad stuff that we don't want in our protein bars? And for a limited time only, you'll get a free cooler with purchase. This is while supplies last, folks, so do not wait. I would advise you to rush as soon as you can to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order. That's $10 off your first order with the promo code locked on at builtbar.com. And of course, like I said, you can't forget the free cooler, guys. Builtbar.com, promo code locked on, $10 off. All right, we're back. Final segment of the day of the first episode of the week here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And boys, the Robbie Fabry news was not the only good news coming in for the Detroit Red Wings today. Philip Zadina also made his debut for Ocelari Trenek over in the Czech League today and had two first period goals. The first one, an absolute snipe. The second one was kind of a snipe too, uh, but just, just an all-around positive start. And uh, good to see some Red Wings-related good news. I mean, it's been a long, long time. It's, it's a positive. It's something that I really needed on my Monday. <laughs> just being able to check on Twitter right when, I, right when I get up or on my lunch break, and it's just like, oh, dude, thank God. Hey, it's just more good news. I've had a, it was a good weekend. I wake up, I'm like, oh, I got to go to work. And I just see our most prized possession forward prospect. It's just pot and goals over in the Czech League like it ain't shit. I'm so happy. I kind of feel bad for Zadina sometimes because everyone's like, oh, you drafted Zadina out of Quinn Hughes. It's like, oh, every time I see that tweet, I'm just like, guys, Zadina went, like, way later than everyone thought he was going to go. Like, I, no, one, yeah. no one could have predicted that. Like, Quinn Hughes is small. Like, it might not have worked. But, you know, you got to remember that people develop at very different paces. And I do think Zadina is going to be a stud for the Red Wings. It might take a little longer than we want, but again, it's not like we're competitive right now. Hopefully by the time we are, he's going to be good to go, but it was a good sign. Like I've been watching these playoffs and the bubble and everything. And I'm just like, God, I, I need the Red Wings to be in this bubble. But like when they're good, like I can't, 
You know what? You know I'm what I was so thinking about. Jealous. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about the other day, Harrison, and this is at like. I was watching that uh, Stars and Flames game six. I think it was Thursday night. And uh, Calgary goes up 3 nothing in like the first 10 minutes of the game. Then Dallas scores seven straight, I'm pretty sure it was, and uh, ends up, you know, clinching the series. And I just remember thinking like, man, like how badly it must suck to be a Calgary Flames fan. And uh, I was like trying to think of it, like what's the last thing that I've experienced as a fan like that's been like devastating like that. And I just am so disconnected and out of touch from like anything that has to do with being a fan of a team who is a, a, a championship contender. Like I can't, like, I don't remember the hurt. I don't remember how it feels to be in like good times. Like I, I just could not put myself in the shoes of that fan base because it's been so long since I've really cared about any game at all whatsoever. I, we get it it's different for me because I'm like working for teams in college sports and I actually, so when I design, I helped design our new Ferris hockey jerseys for this year. And the reds we wore were based on the Calgary flames reds because secretly I think they look sweet and I'm a big Calgary flames guy. Absolutely. Um, so I was a little disappointed, but like we, that stuff happens to us. Like last year, our football team going to uh, the final four and then losing at home, like, we never would have expected that against a team from Florida coming up to play in like winter weather. Um, I mean, we, we get that a lot. The last time I had it in hockey really bad was like, we were, we tied in the third period against Denver. It would have been the year Brock Besser was at North Dakota um, to go to the frozen four. And we tied him. Then we took a five-minute major and gave up two goals in, like, the last five minutes. Oh, no. And I'm on the air. And the night before, we had pulled off, like, one of the biggest upsets in tournament history. And I knew, like, tomorrow I'm going to have to get on a plane and go home and not think about hockey for months. And that's probably the last time I really felt like what those Flames fans feel like. And I was just, like, I was devastated. I don't think I said anything that the last like four minutes of the game on the air. I even missed the devastation. Like, uh, like <laughs> I was trying to think about it and like the last like meaningful game that was played by a Detroit sports team, maybe outside of like, okay, if you're like a Michigan football fan or, you know, Michigan, Michigan state fan, they've had meaningful games in basketball and uh, football over the last couple of years, Michigan state, obviously marching to the final four uh, last season, beating Duke in the process. Like that was a really fun ride. Uh, but outside of that, like the most, I I can't I I I don't know what it would be. It's not it's not the Pistons uh, getting swept out of the first round both seasons they played or both times they made the playoffs in the last decade. It's you know it's it's probably back to the Tigers in 2013 2014 that they that any Detroit sports team has had like a, a crushing moment uh, really in their history. And, and I mean, the Red Wings, they did have that game seven against Tampa in 2015. They did get swept out and they lost in five in 2016. And obviously those playoffs were intense. I distinctly remember the 2015 playoffs being really, really good. Uh, you felt like the Red Wings still at the time were a team that if they won a series or two, they could make a, or a series, they could make a run. Uh, but really outside of that, like, I don't think I, I really was that bummed long-term over those series losses because you knew that they were only delaying the inevitable. I was more frustrated 
over the fact that they kind of kicked the can down the road to to get knocked out in the first round. Would you not include the Detroit Lions fans' entire history of just having an an, an awful, depressing team that no, blows but, everything? No, but like what, that, though? what was the last big game they had? Like what was the last playoff game that like some shit happened? Like I understand it's different, like the Green Bay games you can talk about, but I, I'm thinking more of when I see games like that Calgary game, it's like I think of when the Lions just stunk against the Redskins last year. And you're just watching this game pick down, you're just like, they're gonna lose this game. And then yeah, that's where are... it's the same feeling of depression and shock to me as watching like the Tigers just get swept in the World Series. Yeah, but that wasn't that was never like uh, like that is what it is. Like the the story on them was already written at that point when they were losing to the Redskins. I would point back to maybe that Monday Night Football game at Green Bay last season being like a real pivotal moment, or like that game where they lost to the Chiefs. I think it was Week Four uh, when they had a chance to go three and one or three zero and one or yeah three oh and one on the season or something like that like i i think those games you could point back to but like in terms of like playoff games like you're here you're on the stage and you completely fall apart or lose in a heartbreaking way like that that has truly been a long time for anybody i, w- I want to ask this question of both of you i know i have my own answer what's the most like hopeless you felt during a game in your life where you're at a point where you're either tied or you're in the lead, but you can see in front of you that things are unraveling and you're not going to win and it's going to be painful. Ooh, that's a good one. Because those games happen from time to time. And, like, when you can just see things slowly falling apart, and you know where it's going, but you can't pull your eyes away. Ooh, that's a good I, question. I got one. Yeah. I would say – as a Detroit Red Wings fan, it would be game seven against Chicago in uh-huh. what was that, 2010. Yep. Where you could jet, where they hit the post, goes in goaltender if you're going to overtime, you're just seeing it. That was 2013. That you was know, 2013. That was the Jalmerson right. goal that got called back. Yes. I know, yeah, I would I would one thousand percent agree with that. It was literally like you hoped it got called back, but you were also kind of in the back of your head thinking like, this is just simply prolonging the inevitable. I would agree with that. I think, I think that fits for a wings fan. That's probably it. I, but that, and that one, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that one did hurt too, because you thought that that, like that team had a shot at doing something. Like when that team had Z and Pav, like if they win that series, they go to the Western conference finals. Anything can happen. That was the last Wings team, in my opinion, that had a chance. Like, yes. I, I don't – I think that's the last time because the West was, like, it wasn't that deep that year. If you got by Chicago, you – Yeah. I really reasonably think the Wings, if they had kept that kind of youth magic going, I think those Wings might win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's – it's a push. But, like, if they can get out of – they. Weren't they up 3-1 in that series? I think I went to game Yeah, they were five, up 3-1. Six. The Red Wings were a 3-1 lead. <laughs> I think I went to game six. I know I went to a game in that series. I remember leaving just being like, wow. And it was that feeling like, I know where this is going. You don't blow a 3-1 lead and win a series. Like, that just doesn't, doesn't usually happen. 
Fun times. Fun times in the city of Detroit. I kind of miss them. Like I said, I, I miss even the feeling of defeat. Like just being competitive and being like having something to lose, I think is uh, is something in and of itself that we are certainly missing here in the Motor City. But Harrison, thank you so much for joining us today. We're running out of time, so we got to let you go. Uh, appreciate you coming on to talk as always. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, talking to you further on down the road as our one of our Grand Rapids correspondents as we progress into the uh, next season and beyond. Thanks, Ben. And that does it for today's episode of the Locked On Red Mix podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll have Kyle Demetrius on to dance on some graves after the first round of the NHL playoffs.